You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Judd doesn't work there, which is good for good for that job. That's probably very true, Kenny. Probably very true. I'd screw it up. Mr. Mackey. Hi, Kenny. How are things going to go today? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Judd just sitting here like, what is happening? Oh, yeah, we will find out. Uh, Four hours. Collar on hours. football. You get paid to talk about sports. Quit complaining about how long you have to talk Four about sports. Four hours. Uh, Jason Stark at 1130. We're going to get t- Todd Furman might be too big for our show now. Yeah, He's what happened this morning? Wingo. He's a national presence now. He really is. But uh, I think we have to start. There's a lot of stories and statements coming out. Let's dig into gambling hypocrisy, shall we? (laughs) I bet this guy's going to do it. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slide. Okay, you can own it. It'll increase interest. It'll add to what happens um, in our arena and in stadiums. It will increase the viewership for, for our biggest customers on TV, on, online and on TV. I think it doubled the, the value of professional sports franchises um, in, a heart, in a second. Well, it's already allowed. I mean, for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's already legal. It's already been legal. And it's... It's, if it's been going on as long as it has in Vegas, um, and in every bar room, in the back room of many bar rooms, whether it's been in Chicago or in Hazleton, <clears throat> it's been part of our culture. So I just think it's it's out front right now. This is times like these where I wish Judd watched wrestling Everybody in the '80s and '90s. Oh, because of this, one of the great wrestling See, theme no songs of all time. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. <laughs> the Million Dollar Man. Maniacal laugh. Pretty good. And then he had a, a servant, an African American servant named Virgil. How did he like get away with that? Slave. How did he get away with that one? That seems like a that seems like a very questionable thing uh, to have done within the last thirty years for sure. It, it was thirty years, fifty years actually. Well, Roddy Piper once wrestled against an African American opponent and painted half of his body black oh. before the match. Okay, then. to like taunt his opponent. All right. So, hey, wrestling in the 80s and 90s. Yes. The I'll catch up man. on it. Um, where do you want to... You, well, there's so many well, let's potential reset, uh, hypocrisies Let's to reset get it here. real quickly, and then and then let's start to mock p- people that, that are basically so out of touch. It's off the charts. Okay. How about that? I think we should start with the Utah senator, actually, okay. which you have. But yes. go ahead. Yeah, so basically... So reset it, and then I'll start with, with this from um, Warren Hatch. All right, so uh, if you missed it yesterday for some reason... States are going to be allowed to determine uh, whether people in those states can gamble on sports or not going forward. So uh, Minnesota, Pat Garofalo is one of the heads who's been writing up this this bill for uh, for Minnesotans. And it's a work in progress. Conversations are ongoing. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to download an app in the next six months in Minnesota and place bets on sports. But mm-hmm. I'll bet you in the next couple of years, you're going to be able to here in the state of Minnesota. I would have thought differently 
until yesterday when we started digging that there's actually been progress made in the state of Minnesota. Yes. But then there are states like Utah. Do you have the statement from the senator yeah, from so, Utah so, that's like trying to say, all right, so I know that like, this has all been stripped down, but we're going to build it back up. We're going to build the gambling shield back up in this country. So this is where the no fun, out of touch sort of uh, horses' asses show up to tell us what they're going to do. What they're going to do to stop this atrocity that's gambling because we can't ha- have it. Orrin Hatch of Utah said Monday he will introduce sports betting legislation, and I will do this, uh, do my best here to read this in a pompous way because this is incredibly pompous. At stake here is the very integrity of sports. That's why I plan to introduce legislation in the coming weeks to help protect honesty and principle in the athletic arena. As he tries now to undo what the Supreme Court did yesterday, which of course makes absolutely no sense. But I do, I do love this. I love this whole thing. The last part of the statement to me is my favorite. To help protect honesty and principle in the athletic arena. As if the athletic arena is some sacred, it's, you know, just a bunch of people who have never done a thing wrong. It's not about making money. It's all about athletics and the competition that we value so much when it comes to football, basketball, baseball. You take your pick that that is the important thing here. The integrity, the integrity of sports. All right. I'm going to stop you real quick here and say this. There's no integrity for the most part in most of sports there's Uh fun but where's the integrity does college sports does division one college sports have integrity well i don't know if i go that i mean i think they're saying like they don't well here's what they're saying well and and i have a statement from the athletic directors association because this blends in perfectly okay go ahead um they're not i think what's happening is they're worried about point shaving as if it hasn't existed well, for like the last my, fifty years. That's my right? point. There's so, this, this is not some. This is not some. This has never happened before. And oh my God! Now, if sports gambling is legalized, it's going to happen. Right. If you're worried about point shaving being a problem, it's already been a problem in a multi-billion-dollar underground industry. So here's a statement. Universities and athletic directors are very nervous, according to this statement that just came out this morning or last night. of our athletic directors have indicated they oppose sports betting. Our athletic directors are concerned not only about the vulnerability of young student-athletes to inducements of point shaving, but by the increased compliance costs to keep their programs clean. We've seen these cost increases in athletic programs in Nevada, UNLV, for example, where sports betting is legalized. And these compliance costs can run in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, my God. No, no. We're not going to go broke. No, this it, can't happen. It is crucially important that states help athletic departments secure the extra resources. We need more resources to ensure that student athletes stay out of trouble. A point shaving scandal would be catastrophic to an athletic department and university. To summarize, this is great. UNLV, let's because they mentioned UNLV specifically. UNLV, according to the USA Today's latest uh, revenue numbers from last year, yes. pulled in $46 million in athletic department revenue last year. Many athletic departments, in fact, about 30 of them, pulled in over $100 million in revenue last year. You don't say. The Mountain West Conference, which is where UNLV resides, that's like San Diego State and New Mexico State. It's one of the, it's not a, it's not a power five. It's, you know, whatever, sixth, seventh, eighth. Uh, they brought in about a half billion dollars in revenue, but compliance costs that might be like six figures. 
How are we going to keep point shaving scandals from popping up all over the place? Again, like if you were worried about point shaving, yeah. if if the first thing that came to your mind yesterday was, oh my God, like it's going to be a point shaving free for all. You're ignoring the fact that tens of billions of dollars have been wagered illegally underground for decades in this country. You gain, if you legalize sports gambling in this country across the board, if you're a, a sports league, you gain more control. It's regulated then. You gain more control. And by and the, the way. And the NCAA might as well be a sport. So you got NBA, it's a pro sports right? It's a pro sports Correct. And, and if, you, if you think to yourself, oh, you know what this is going to do? The linebacker for the Vikings, he's going to stop at the casino on his way to, to the game, and he's going to put down 2000 bucks on, on his team. Guess what? If he's got that problem, if he's predisposed to that problem, he's got what we've called for 100 years now a bookie. Correct. So so Anthony Barr is not all of a sudden going to see this today and think, oh, this is going to be great. I'm, I'm gonna, stopping. I'm going to put on some thick frame yes. glasses and like a like a, yeah, like a caterpillar mustache so, and walk into the Canterbury Sportsbook in Shakopee. So now you say to yourself, okay, colleges are, are colleges. They don't get it. I'm not surprised. But certainly the National Football League, the National Football League, the biggest of the big, they get it, right? Their statement yesterday. This, this is grandstanding. This is by the way. grandstanding, and it's hysterically funny, and it is the it is the biggest bunch of bull I've seen in years. The NFL's longstanding and unwavering commitment to protecting the integrity of our game remains an absolute. Congress has long recognized the potential harms posed by sports betting to the integrity of sporting contests and the public confidence in these events. Given that history, we intend to call on Congress again, this time to enact a core regulatory framework for legalized sports betting. We also will work closely with our clubs to ensure that any state efforts that move forward in the meantime protect our fans and the integrity of our game, says the same exact league which completely embraces fantasy football right now and doesn't right. care who plays and has its own players playing it. It's hilarious. Uh, I believe the word integrity in that two-paragraph statement, it was like four sentences, integrity was in all of them. Just count the integrities. Um, you know, I don't think they needed two paragraphs for that statement. It's like someone said, just add a bunch of words like unwavering and absolute and put integrity in there about seven times. The NFL wants to wait to see how they can make a bunch of money off this, right? The, they're yeah, not, they're not really, I mean, they're, they're only concerned about right. integrity as much as it takes money out of their pockets from advertisers. We've seen that with domestic violence. We've seen that with all kinds of different things throughout the years. And I just found this, too. According to the American Gambling Association, this is where, like, the NFL... And the NFL, again, this is a grandstanding statement. They've been planning for the legalization of sports betting for a number of months and years. They're moving to Las Vegas themselves. Correct. Like, they've they've stripped down a lot of those old ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. But this is another league that's coming out and saying, just like the NCAA... The NBA has been much more progressive than just the way they talk about sports betting. But the NFL, wait, integrity is at stake. We must protect the integrity of the game. Um, this is from the American Gambling Association. $95 billion with a B. $95 billion is wagered on National Football League and college football games throughout the course of a season. 98% of that money is wagered through illegal channels. Mm -hmm. So this is already, again, if you're worried about integrity, if you're worried about point shaving and players operating under the table, like this is a $100 billion illegal industry already. And so if you're the NFL, not only do you get a chance to make a percentage of more money because 
once you open it up, more people are going to gamble. Maybe a $100 billion industry goes to a $300 or $500 billion industry of which you get X percent of that money. More people are going to watch your game because more people are going to have 20 bucks on the game. And that's in addition to the fantasy and football you, benefits they've and they've you had profit for from years. it. So absolutely, yes. But so it, it, more grandstanding, more hypocrisy. This whole this whole thing, though, I just find to be every every argument against it. And I don't bet, but every argument against it almost makes no sense. If you give people the opportunity, there's not going to there's not going to be more corrupt players. If there are corrupt players, they exist now. And it's actually like like you said, if you're a corrupt player, for people to think. Oh my God! Now that this is going to be expanded, like okay, it's going to be expanded above the table. Is a player going to walk? Is a player going to just going to like fire up his app in the locker room and be like, "Oh my God, <laughs> holy crap! Did you see the line I got on our game? Our today? linebacker just yeah. broke his toe in the shower. Yeah. I gotta get on, I gotta get on mnsportsgambling.com and place a bet. Yeah, the it is it really is a cliched win 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 win. So leagues are going to make more money. Uh, and so by extension, teams and then players are going to make more money through the collective bargaining agreements. The government is going to wind up state by state taking a cut and making money off an industry that was previously untouchable for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, businesses that run sports betting operations. So if you launch an online sports book or if you expand, if you're a Canterbury or a running aces and you expand, you're going to pull in more revenue, which might mean more jobs. People get to do the thing that they've wanted to do for a number of years in this industry. Mm -hmm. So, And again, for the leagues and the teams, more gambling, just like fantasy football, means more eyeballs on your sport. TV ratings go up. Advertising goes up. So there's a lot of stakeholders that are going to that are going to be in for this. And last thing is, can we please stop with, with this? We have to protect the children from gambling. We have to protect everyone. All right. I'm going to tell you something very simple. If I am predisposed to, to an addiction problem, Sports betting starting here is not going to make me say, oh, now I'm all in. Now I'm definitely going to get... If I am predisposed to an addiction, I'm going to find ways to do that, regardless if it's legal or not. Right. So so just because I can go bet on the uh, Penguins-Golden Knights game now does not mean on some arbitrary Tuesday night I'm going to say, honey, I got a problem. I got to spend my whole time at, at the sports book. This is a... If you are predisposed to, I don't know, drinking, if you smoke... If you gamble, guess what? You're finding ways to do that. Well, let's if if your drives me nuts. If your vice is gambling, and I know there's a lot of people who are worried about the expansion of if if gambling is a vice, and now we're expanding gambling. But either way, you'd be able to get your fix. You could. Go, there's 18 casinos in this state. Yeah, you could. That's, there's that's, two grand casinos. Not there's a black bear. You. There's a Treasure Island. There's a. You could. You could just go sit at a blackjack table. You could go to a slot machine. You could go buy. $700 in pull tabs if you want. You can go I've seen you, it done. You can, you can spend thousands of dollars playing lotteries and scratch offs and yep. powerballs and things like that. So, all right. I think we've set our piece. Or it, or it hatched, <laughs> though. Come on. I've just been reading some of this stuff over the past I'm going to crack $50. down on this myself. <laughs> yeah, you're going to stop billions of dollars. Yeah, that's you a great what, idea, like, buddy. But so if you're Orrin Hatch, okay, you've got influence. You've got influence in Utah for sure. Utah's going to be out. Okay. That's fine. Like, Utah's out. Maybe Wyoming's in. Maybe Minnesota's in. I like it. Let's talk to Matthew Collar when we come back. We'll talk Vikings. Uh, Later on, we'll have a pecking order at 10 o'clock, Minnesota sports betting related. We'll get to Jason Stark at 1130 and Todd Furman to uh, dive deeper into the expansion of sports gambling at noon on the show. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's talk about the number one REMAX results team in America right now, Chris Lindahl. 
and the Chris Lindahl team, which is helping people like me, I had this problem a couple times in my life, get over your cellophobia, which is a real thing in a seller's market like this, where the good news is you put your house on the market, especially if you're working with the Chris Lindahl team, and it might sell in the blink of an eye. Mine sold in three hours. Maybe yours sells in a couple days, whatever. And your next question is, okay, I need to find a new place to live. We're still in that house hunting process. Didn't find the it's, timing it up is tough. And so because the timing is tough, you don't want to move twice. You don't want to move back in with the parents, whatever it is. You don't even you don't even go through with the first step, which is putting your house on the market. How can you stop this chain of events? Well, the Chris Lindahl team has an exclusive way to tap into thousands more houses than are available when just going online and looking at the standard MLS listings. You can get over your cellophobia and feel good about putting your home on the market and find something amazing to move into. ChrisLindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, and 763-401-SOLD. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Just press play. On 1500 ESPN. Gamble on football now. Gamble on football now. Gamble on football now. All all these players who are going to be stopping at the various sports books (laughs) now to bet on their team. It's really disturbing me. (laughs) Just going in with a wig. Dress me up as an old lady. I'll walk, <laughs> waddle walk in, in and place waddle a bet. into the sports book and place a bet on, uh, on the team. Hilarious. Uh, so Matthew Collar, you can find him 10 o'clock to, to noon on Saturday Sports Talk with Judd, the Purple Podcast, which is the best Vikings podcast in the Twin Cities in the world, quite frankly, and uh, 1500ESPN.com. And some people are bringing up, th- these are good points, like Bill brings this up, if if now we have like three, because because we're going to legalize sports gambling in several states here in the next couple of years, and now the state gets a cut, and now like there's different different entities that are getting a cut, and the way Bill puts it, I don't want to. No one wants to bet a hundred dollars to win seventy five every single time if there's like an aggressive amount of uh, fees or juice, whatever it may be, coming out on the other end. So like you're going to have to make sure that the gap between how much money you'd be able to pull on the same bet under the table that the gap isn't super wide if you're walking into a sports book, doing it legally in Minnesota, or gambling on an app. And the comparison you might make there would be like the secondary ticket market where we all love those websites, and that's how usually I get tickets to games and things like that, but there sometimes are fees that are so absurd. You're like, I'll just go to the box office then, right? Because this is going to, what I thought was a deal is no longer a deal. And like with that, what I thought I was going to get back on a bet that I won, I can no longer get back. And that could be problematic. It seems like if you are using certain websites that are legal overseas that send you a check, you might not stop. You like I've just been using this site for a long time, and it seems to work, and whatever else. But I, I, this, the whole thing in general, is kind of a double-edged sword for me because it does increase the engagement with sports. Like, there's no doubt about it. I mean, every study that's ever been done finds that if you could play fantasy, you can't tell me that one of the biggest reasons the NFL is number one by 50 miles is because of how consumable it is in the fantasy football. And they know that. Right. Like, if you're trying to play fantasy hockey... I mean, are you crazy? Like, you've got to pay attention to the Carolina Hurricanes left winger to see you know if he's what? hurt. Like, I'm going to push away from the table here real quick. Do you play fantasy hockey? I <laughs> I've play, considered it strongly. I, I played it one time like 15 years ago when the Ottawa Senators had like Daniel Alfredson in his prime and Martin St. <laughs> Louis was on, uh, was it Tampa, Tampa Bay or Bay. something? Yeah, that was a good team. Yeah, I had like, and I, I was my only year playing it and I had an awesome team and I won the league. <laughs> 
It was amazing. I mean, it can be done. I I was in a fantasy <laughs> baseball league for a while with a couple of friends where I would literally be like dropping, picking up pitchers on a daily basis. Oh, I need some more wins this week. Let me find some <laughs> schlub who's on the free agent market. Oh, Freddie and, Garcia, yes. Yeah, and it was and it was it was fun, but you know, the thing I mean, for me personally, I have this problem where like I am very competitive and I just know that I cannot bet on sports. I mean, for one being a reporter anyway, I wouldn't want to do that, but like if I get in fantasy leagues and if I lose money or whatever else, it will drive me insane, even if it's five bucks. If we played poker right now and I lost five bucks to you, I'd want to beat you up behind the building. <laughs> so I just don't do it. Like, I just know how I am and I'm not going to do it. I would definitely be become obsessed with winning and try to study all the analytics and everything else. Like, I should just maybe stick to my job. See, this but, is why we need compliance. Now I'm with the athletic directors. We do need compliance, need compliance. for problem gamblers like aggressive problem gamblers like Matthew Collar. <laughs> He's but, a dream then, so, though, because he keep betting. He'd keep but, going. But that Now, that is the thing. It, it's very much like, I think of it as there's a lot of people who are going to have potentially more access to this who really shouldn't be doing it and might not understand even themselves and how they do it and never really wanted to research how to do Bovada Bangladesh. For sure. But you, you know can, what I mean? But you could, like replace, me. you could replace that vice with anything. Oh, but okay, alcohol. Well, you know, I wasn't really drinking when I was well, 17 because it was like, you know, I could have gotten my hands on it. But now that I'm 21, I'm an alcoholic. But yeah. some of it's personal and if you're responsibility. Pre, if you're predisposed to to gamble, though, you're going to find a, a way to do it. Like, sure. pull, you're going to do pull tabs at the bar. You're going to do this. Adds, this adds a layer to it. But I don't think that you're going to have a ton of folks who now say, I've never gambled in my life and I stopped in the sports book and my God, I can't stop. There will be a few of those, but it's not going to be mm, a ton. No. I think that there will be a lot of people who see it now as much more accessible. That it was always, to me, the way that it's always existed is I have a, fr- I used to work at a grocery store. Like I have a friend who knows a bookie guy who carries a gun every time he goes to I pick up bookies. the money. I and like, you, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, we well, have to. Sure. Okay. You're betting on sports. Don't like get shot, I guess. And that's changed with the internet quite a bit, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think if it's as simple as just walking into a place and, and placing a bet or click, click on an app or something, that a lot more people will try it, which is totally fine. I mean, in considering, like, from the sports standpoint, that it's a fun thing to do and everybody does fantasy or March Madness things, that that's totally cool if you're not blowing your life savings. But I think it is a concern that a lot more people might not know how to kind of navigate this and get themselves in a bit of trouble. I think the thing here that that stops me the, the most right now though about this is is this notion uh that that sports has this great integrity though that leagues are worried. It's it's a bunch of BS. And so so I see what you're saying, I don't necessarily agree completely with that. But to me, the bigger picture now is these leagues and colleges trying to act like we want no part of this. And and I'm telling you the point shaving fear is much more real today than if there is statewide control. It's a much more real thing. If you're going to shave points, you're not going to stop in and, and be like, okay, here's how I'm going to shave points legally. It, to shave points, it takes it takes an act under the table that's going to take lots of work. So to even suggest that this is now going to open professional sports and college uh, sports to point shaving is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I, I think all of sports were celebrating yesterday in part so it, somebody showed me this a few years ago for a story i was doing uh something related to this where a lot of team websites have already built some infrastructure to have their own fan duel like games and 
I don't. They're like not easy to find, and the, they're basically like built, but you can't really find them unless you know the exact web address. But don't be surprised if you see teams start to roll out like, "Hey, bet on pick to click today." You know what I mean? Yes. Like, who's build a fantasy team at the beginning of the year and pay twenty bucks to be part of our fantasy league on which of our players hit the most home runs this year? Like, these are already they've already built them. They were ready for this, and well, my yeah. my guess is they start rolling out within the next year. Or so. Uh, also worth noting, I believe Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft are investors in DraftKings. So, so as yeah. the so as the NFL sits here and the NFL continues to play the integrity card, they've been holding meetings behind the scenes. Collar's probably right. There's probably teams that on the down low have been building systems so that they can be first to market once the floodgates open. And you've got owners in the NFL, maybe the two most prominent owners who are who are I don't know what percent owners or or investors, but they're in on DraftKings. Um, so it, all of this is is just jockeying for positions so that the NFL and all the other leagues can eventually. Once it's all regulated and the framework is set up so that they can get their 3%, whatever it is, 2%, 3%, 5% cut of, of the action. Yeah, so anytime you hear them saying, like, we're a little concerned about this and whatever, they're not. I mean, they've been ready for this for a very long time. It's been, I've seen a number of journalists who are dialed into this sort of thing talking about the the slow build up to this. I mean, it reminds me very much of, like, states legalizing marijuana, where eventually we got to the point where it was like, Okay, we're hurting ourselves more than we're helping ourselves by chasing people around, by chasing bookies around and whatever else. We're just wasting our time. And the same thing is like, are we going to chase around people, the guy in the office who's betting online? Like, are we going to come arrest him? Like, is that really worth it? And, and it isn't. And I, and I think in, if I'm not mistaken, in Europe with a lot of the soccer teams, you can even bet on people to score like right yes. at the stadium. Like across the street. Yeah. Yes. And, and so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be stunned to see something like that end up at football stadiums where you can go to a machine thing and pick your fantasy team for the day or something yeah. like that. So there, it kind of opens a lot of different ways to engage with the sport. Still, it's a, the whole thing, though, is a carnival game. Like, it can be fun for you, but you should show up to the carnival knowing, like, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose well, money, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, these little rings are not going to go on That's those why bottles. I, sto- I stopped because of, of the fact that the first time I bet on sports, I said, I watch sports constantly. I love sports. I can win at sports gambling, <laughs> but guess what? I didn't know a thing about it, and I lost for about a year and said, I'm done now. Mm-hmm. But But you should. But the fact that the states and leagues can profit shouldn't be stopped because of that. Like if you have a problem, get help or fi- figure out that you're not going to win like I didn't and stop doing it. Yeah. But it's just, I recall when football, when fantasy f- football started and the NFL did everything they could right to distance themselves. Yeah. We have nothing to do with this. We have not. And then about halfway into it, they said, Oh my gosh, look at the revenue here. And now they've got it on their websites. They've got drafts. And so, yes, all, all of this to me is just a natural extension of going down the exact same path. Can I say something just sort of selfishly, but on behalf of, of a very rabid, even if small group of people when it comes to poker in this? So um, poker was a part of my life for a long time. I know there's we have Canterbury and Running Aces. We have two awesome card rooms in this state. And I don't know. I don't want to speak on behalf of them because I don't know if. I don't know if they're all in on legalizing online poker or not. I'm guessing if they had their infrastructure set up, there's that word infrastructure, by the way. I say that to sound smart, according to the callers. Whoops, that's a fine. But Agree. But if <laughs> long-term sports gamblers, like the best of the best, if you if you bet thousands of games over time, 
a five percent return on investment is considered like very skillful. If you can if you can get a five percent ROI over the course of hundreds of games bet, you're doing really well. In poker, if you're wondering whether poker is a game of skill or chance, it's classified as a game of chance right now, which is incorrect. An ROI for a successful player is between fifteen and thirty percent in multi-table tournaments, in cash games, in sit-and-go one-table tournaments. So poker should be the next one. If if sports gambling is the domino that falls, and we're worried about, oh, like like if you if you don't count cards in blackjack, the house has the advantage, you will lose money over time. Slot machines, you will lose money over time. Sports betting, if you're really good, you can make 5% over time. Poker, if you're really good, you can make 15 to 30% over time. And yet poker is the one that you Except can't play Except you'll quit. On. That, that's the problem. What do you mean? If it comes back, you're gone because you'll because you'll, you'll oh, you're have a different about career. Me. Oh. Yes, you'll quit this job okay. and, and have a different career at that point if <laughs> well, they bring pro- it back. Probably and legalize yes. or it. I'll just do both. Yes. Well, I mean, if you uh, were talking about poker as a game of chance or skill, you and I could play right now, and you would demolish me because I have that's like the whole definition. Well, right? small like, I have sample, no idea how to play. Well, small sample size, like you could beat me right now in a in a in a one. Yeah, like we could set the parameters up so that you would beat me three out of ten times or something. But if we played a thousand times in a game with, you know, deep stacks, yes, like the skilled player would win out 80% or whatever that percentage is. I'm really bad at poker. Like, just absolutely awful. Okay. I think uh, Chris Moneymaker, yes, his name was Chris Moneymaker, was was the champion of the 2003 World Series, and he was not very good either. So it can be done. You can... Win a lot of money. Don't start now, Collar. Don't start now. We'll teach you how to play this, during this the break. Is, too late. You don't need it. This is like when he talks about 80s or 90s WWE. And, and you I'm have like, no idea what I'm, I'm talking like, about. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. sounds like you guys something don't know who Chris Moneymaker is. You guys have never heard of Chris Moneymaker. Dave? Because of you. He kicked off the poker boom in this country, really. Yes. He gets credit. Him Just and Sammy yes. Farha with the unlit cigarette. Oh, man. That, Just uh, nod. That big yep. hand at the final huh? table, the big bluff that went his way. Yeah, put those sunglasses. Sammy should have called him. Should have called him, but he folded. Sammy had a good sense. Sammy, th- Sammy had a feeling that there was a bluff being pulled off there. But we're just gonna keep doing this until Judd and Collar. And Collar and I are just like, yeah, uh huh. Bill Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgad. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackey and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Look out! Was the arm coming forward? That was Robinson who hits him. They're going to rule it a fumble and a recovery. And uh, he, he was sending out some stuff on social media yesterday. Brian Robison, the longest tenured Vikings player. He was a 2007 fourth-round pick for the Vikings. Uh, Adrian Peterson draft. That was the Sidney Rice draft. Yes, it was. T-Jack was the quarterback of that 07 team. And and Brian Robison's coming back for the 2018 season. Collar's hanging out with us. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, he's not what he was four or five years ago. What kind of playing time are we looking at for Brian Robinson? Is he because Daniel Hunter needs to play? Everson Griffin needs to play. Like these guys need to play. So I, I think what might determine that is training camp because they have two guys especially who stand out that they really have liked that they drafted because they're basically the right size, wingspan, athleticism. Steven Weatherly is one of them who was a seventh round pick in 2016, and he is six foot five, 270 pounds, and runs a four six. And th- this is exactly the type of guy they've talked about wanting to develop 
as edge rushers and fit in in some sort of rotation to Sean Bowers, the other guy who was an undrafted free agent last year, got in one game and, and picked up a sack against the Rams. And he was kind of the talk of training camp a bit last year and then never really saw the field because Hunter, Robinson, and Griffin took all the snaps. So if those two guys show progress, I think that they could take some snaps away from B-Rob. One thing that he does well, though, is... Mike Zimmer will line him up over the guard in a passing situation, and he'll have basically four defensive ends or three defensive ends there if if it's Tom Johnson in the past. Sheldon Richardson would be in on a third-down pass-rushing situation. So you, you would end up having Griffin, Richardson, and then instead of Linval Joseph, be Rob, because he can beat a guard one-on-one, and then Hunter on the outside. I think we're still going to see that, but last year, B-Rob played almost 60% of snaps, which I think is just too many. And this year, you'd like to see that 30%, 25%, and then the others mixed up. And they also drafted a couple of guys, too, and they've picked up other guys. Afedi Odenabo was a seventh-round pick last year. Um, Adey Aruna is another guy who was picked this year who's an athletic freak. And if he makes the team, then you want to see these guys getting a chance as opposed to the wily old veteran. I hate to be a jerk here. Oh, boy. Okay. But is this a good idea? Like, I, okay, he goes to training camp, but when you, I mean, here's my sense of, here's, I think Zim's a very good coach. And I think defensively, he's outstanding. Uh, and, and as a human, this is a credit. As a coach, it might not be. Uh, Greenway played for a long time. And, and you, you sensed that, that the year before Chad's last year was going to be his last year. And then he came back. Uh, Brian seems to be doing the same thing here. And to the point you're making, if you can tell, if, if Zimmer can tell Brian, okay, you can come back and you're going to have to make the team and you're not going to play much, that's one thing. It, it takes up a roster spot, which I'm not a huge fan of, but I sort of get it. Uh, but it also seems like Zim has a problem with these older guys' collar with saying, you know what, you're out now, you're not going to play. So I'll go back to my question. Is this a good idea? I don't think it's a terrible idea, but if it goes full Greenway, then it's a bad idea. Because at the end, Greenway was playing far too much. That I remember specifically the game against Indianapolis at the end of 2016. They went in still clutching on to the potential chance of making the playoffs. And Andrew Luck and their couple of tight ends just attacked him all day long. And it, it was like he's just not quick enough to play that position now in the NFL anymore. And it should have been over a year ago where he was still a solid player in that role. And you thought... Oh, man, that coming back for one more year, if he had just been on the bench and maybe played the special teams and kind of been a great locker room guy, then you would have felt like, okay, that's not a bad, that's, that's got value. Being a great locker room guy has a lot of value, especially in this game where you're constantly teaching younger players how to understand the game better and you're setting an example. All those things are great. But if you're talking about being asked to play 40% of snaps at that age with the game speeding up, that's not a great idea. Yeah. And can can B Rob still get after the passer a little bit? I mean, last year he had four sacks. Football Outsiders had him for twenty one pressures, which is pretty good. And you've got the best defense in the league all around you. So it's not like he's going to sink you. Where I think when Greenway was asked to play more, he did. Isn't it amazing? Like you brought you brought up some of the like the pressure numbers, and if you think about it, a great sack total, a great sack total is like twelve to if you get twelve to fifteen sacks. 20 is like flirting with the all-time record. But if you're a guy who can get to like 13, 14 sacks in a season, that's a big-time sack number. And that's fewer than one per game. 
And these guys are out there, some of them for you know, 50, 60, 70 snaps in a game. And I wonder about that. If, it, if, if, if that job, defensive end or pass rusher, if you have to almost measure your success in different ways, like do they measure their personal success off of, like, I got close, I made him throw earlier than he wanted to, or I moved him off his position, right? The, the way that Mike Zimmer describes it is just being disruptive. And when you look at the numbers, any type of pressure, obviously a sack, you wouldn't be throwing the ball. But if you get a quarterback hit or a pressure, the quarterback rating goes way down in those situations. Naturally, I mean, that matches up with common sense. But when you can actually put a number on that value, you see just how much Everson Griffin individually impacts the game when he's getting that many hurries, that many pressure. And like you said, I mean, a lot of this stuff now, a lot of the NFL now, and why it can be so difficult to figure out who's a good quarterback and who isn't, is it's three-step drops. I mean, it's just it's quick footwork, find your, your read, go through your progression, hit it. And if you're on top of the quarterback right away and you're messing up his footwork or you're driving your center back into his face when he's supposed to be in that certain spot, that's when mistakes get made. And we saw that even from Case Keenum at times, where if there was pressure from one side and then he would try to roll out or do something. Or drop too far back. Yep, you're right. right, Or drop too far back, take a sack, or sometimes it was playing a little hero ball or something, where... There are maybe three, four, or five quarterbacks in the league who are very good at improvising, but a lot of them really aren't. So, you know, when you can get that pressure, it's worth it, which is why with Daniil Hunter, it's going to cost a ton of money to keep him. He's the guy we haven't talked about as much, I think. But if you were putting him on, on the open market right now, you'd be looking at huge dollars. I mean, $15 million. He could get a franchised, year. correct? He could, yes, they I mean, could. They could decide to franchise. Would be worth that. What it ultimately comes down to is, can they get either Diggs or Hunter to sign a long-term extension? Because then the other one can get franchised. I think Diggs is gone. Well, they could also they could franchise Diggs too. Sure. I mean, they, that if Hunter signed a long-term extension, then that allows them to franchise Diggs. But if neither one does, if mm-hmm. they say to each other, "Dude, let's just go hit this market, <laughs> man," have you seen that money out there? If they say that, then you can only franchise one. And that becomes a really hard decision. Then one of them ends up hitting the market. Yeah, unless they hit the market, and then you still pay what the market is, which you putting in front would of them. have a really tough time doing when you've paid your quarterback sure. eighty four million. But I mean, this team is really, really good at handling the cap. That always needs to be said. But there is a point where, like, okay, you you can handle the cap really well, but you can't walk on water. How, how do we think Stefan Diggs would would handle being franchised? Because a lot, like, I I feel like that's a sticking point for a lot of wide receivers, and they'll sit out and. I don't know how often it happens. I guess it feels like it happens more often for skill position offensive players than like defensive pass rushers. Hard to say, but I mean, when you get franchised, yeah, I know like Le'Veon Bell even has been like frustrated with getting franchised and things like that, but like it's a lot of money when it you is. get franchised. It is. The Kirk, complaints Kirk are Cousins, unwarranted. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that guy has nothing to complain about for getting franchised. He made, what, $60 million guaranteed? Oh, he made guaranteed? a great deal off that, yeah. He made like $60 million bucks guaranteed or $50 million bucks guaranteed by being franchised. Like, he played If you could it franchise one, which one would you franchise? Diggs or Hunter? Uh, probably Diggs. I think when... You look at him with a closer eye, which is actually the most recent episode of the Purple Podcast, by the way. Looking at Diggs with a closer eye? With a closer eye. I put my eye right up to the film. I was going to say, it's like, like a thought. Twilight Zone I episode. Was, uh, magnifying glass? I, I was like... <laughs> yes, Jed, he had a magnifying glass. He had a magnifying glass to look at a closer eye? That's very Twilight Zone-like <laughs> for you, Phil. I'll avoid the Zimmer eye joke. Those. Uh, oh, those. I didn't oh, even yeah. think of those. Uh, but I think when you examine him closely... 
and you look at what he did over the last three years, you see that he was used in many different ways. Like at one year in 2016, he's a slot receiver and he's catching a lot of underneath crossing routes, mesh concepts, things like that. And then last year, he is lining up on the outside much more because Pat Shermer decided Thielen was unguardable on the inside. And so his yards per catch go way up. He's the best in the NFL in contested catch percentage. He's running a lot of deep routes and making big plays for you. So his catch total is not that high, but his yards per target is really high. He can't be guarded one-on-one. I think this has been proven. And that's what the guy that I interviewed, Matt Harmon from NFL Network, he studies this stuff closely and found that Diggs is one of the absolute best in the NFL, like as good as Antonio Brown versus man-to-man coverage. That's really hard to Mm -hmm. replace. And not that Daniil Hunter would be easy to replace, but if Hunter has peaked and you have what you have, then maybe you can find someone else to do that in a Zimmer defense. So a mesh concept. Is that just like where routes are crossing and look, looks like mesh? Is that what that that's, is? That's correct. Yeah, if you have two guys running underneath, it's kind of like the pick play, but yeah. you can't call it a pick play, so it's the mesh the concept. Mesh yeah. concept. Yeah. Football! 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 Yeah! Football! And Judd now continue. Oh, well, that just makes my nipples hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On 1500 ESPN. Now up for grabs on the 1500 ESPN stream player, The Pact by Cody Garbrandt from MMA fighter Cody Garbrandt comes the inspirational memoir, The Pact, an in-depth look into the life of the brawler from his early days in a rough town in the central Appalachian region of Ohio to living his American dream of becoming a UFC champion through the support of an unlikely friendship with a young fan with cancer. Experience a story about the power of friendship, commitment, and the will to thrive. Own your copy of The Pact, available now everywhere books are sold. Thank you, Dave Harrigan. Yeah, gambling-related pecking order at 10 o'clock now, too. It's, it's now legal for us to do gambling-related pecking orders. That's, that was another, Hatch has his way. That's true. The yeah. integrity of this, of this segment is at stake right now. Yeah. You so, won't be having a gambling-related pecking order. If uh, Minnesota legalizes it, can we then do like Mr. Mankato for money? I would think so. I think we should have an app. I think we should go through the whole process. We, we just have we a, have a gambling app, but it's just for training for camp, like under the radar yes. training camp gambling. We really need, we had a thing. We have March Madness. We've got yep. a golf thing, right? Like we need a Mister Mankato thing where people actually sign up, get on, and get a prize. We need that. Yeah, I think that I think this will be the first year. Now, people are wondering: Are you guys going to keep calling it Mister Mankato? I say yes. It, it has to be. Oh, yes. Be. Yeah, we, sure. we decided that. We're not changing it. What to what, Mister Mister Egan? Egan, Mr. Performance Center? I was going to say Mister <laughs> Mister TCO Performance Center. Yeah, we don't I'll want it to be like to we don't want it to be like NASCAR, where every year it's like is it the Winston Cup? Is yeah. it the Sprint Cup? Is oh, it like something yeah. else? No, it's yeah. always going to be the same thing, unless we get a sponsor for it. In which case, it's, it'll be like Mister Red Cow. <laughs> Okay, I'm all in. Mr. Red Cow, Red Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Red Rabbit, I am all yeah. in on that. Well, who, I, I, I would suggest the TCL Broadcast, Mr. Mankato. That's a good one, too, yes. <laughs> well, Mr. TCL Broadcast. Both. Well, who are your, if, if you were an odds maker right now for the Mr. Mankato competition, who are uh, two or three under-the-radar guys, third-round picker later, or undrafted, yeah. um, that you've got your eye on, or a guy who hasn't been on the active roster before? I have right now, I think my favorite would be Tyler Conklin, the fifth-round tight end. From seeing him just oh, yeah. one day. Yeah. Yeah. The fifth-round tight end. Bucky Hodges yeah. hater. That's your problem. You hate Bucky so much. 
Yes. He was going to be a legend. Uh, yes, I was never a fan of Bucky Hodges. I always wondered why a guy who could run a 4-5 at six foot six was a sixth-round draft pick, and I think we discovered why. Uh, but Tyler Conklin is like the anti-Bucky. He comes across a very bright guy who understands the game. He also has great hands, and he can block. And so those things, like, he didn't wasn't uber-productive at Central Michigan, which does make you go like, ah, okay. But I think as far as finding a role and then getting a lot of playing time in preseason, because you're going to have David Morgan's already locked into a spot. So it's basically like him versus Blake Bell, and I think he would get the edge since he was drafted in the fifth round. He's going to get a lot of opportunity, and if you catch a couple touchdowns in preseason, plus you got a man bun and lots of tattoos, the you're going to stand up. The man bun is key up. for Mr. Mankato. Absolutely. You've got to... Yeah. There's 90 guys out there, okay? You've got to yep. You've got to get rid of like 70 of them off the bat. They could have two out of three tight ends with man buns, which is really important. Well, that lead, would that, that lead the, the league? league. That, that has to lead the league, right? Like Bears right. don't have that. Uh, Packers don't have that. So, so he's he's one of them. Uh, if uh, Adea Runa, the guy that they drafted from Tulane, who is a really raw prospect, comes from Africa. It's like a wild story. What I round? Mean, uh, sixth round. Okay. I mean, if if he shows up at Sacks quarterback a couple of times, he's a really likable personality, and I think that people would kind of gravitate to him. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is there wasn't a wide receiver drafted, and usually wide receivers a great Mister Mankato position, except for those How of us who picked Isaac Fricky. How about year. Carlson, the kicker? Uh, I think he has much more potential to be like the person who gets complained about the most because he gets outkicked by Kai Forbath. It's not. I'm, no, that's not going to happen. Kai Forbath is not going to get near the TCO, PCL, whatever it he is. He won't show. He won't be in training. He will camp, not. Right? They're not he, going to draft a kicker that high and then bring in competition. Really? Yeah. I, no I, way. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Rick if can't they bring do that. in competition, it would be someone. Uh, it would just be like be a you. camp kicker. It'd be you. It would or, or be me. Or me. You're right. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. not going to bring in anyone who but, could beat this guy out. Maybe they. Release him uh, before camp, but if they don't, then there is a chance that Kai Forbath outkicks him. But yeah, I mean, if he see this guy's got a monster leg, and yeah. since he was drafted, people will be paying attention. So if he drops a fifty-eight yard field goal on us, then yeah, sure. it'll be like this guy really stood out. Hey, we have like two minutes left here, and I need you to dunk on a Brett. I'm sorry, loyal listener, tweeting into the show. I need Collar to dunk on you here. It's like a lob. Brett said, yeah, I'm, I am James Harden in the paint, lobbing up, and, and you are going to throw this uh, into the cylinder. Did that moron just say Diggs is as good as Antonio Brown? I just got dumber listening to Matthew Collar. Mm, okay, go. no. I said that the numbers on him versus man coverage, that he has success as often, and this comes per my buddy from NFL Network, Matt Harmon, who I interviewed on the Purple Podcast, who... Brett, if you would like to learn a little more about wide receivers, I would suggest that you listen to that episode of the Purple Podcast because Matt studies these things very, very closely and works for NFL Network as well. Also worth noting, too, that Antonio Brown, when he was 22, 23, 24 years old, was targeted around like 100 times per year, barely got on the field his first year, and was 1,100 700 yards, and then year four, five, six, and now he's in like year nine. All of a sudden, he starts getting targeted 180 times in a season because he's it took him four or five years to build up. Well, the other problem is like you have two elite wide receivers, and so you're they're going to take catches away from each other. Yeah, like this is Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey, or you know, Keenan McCardell and Jimmy Smith. It's not absurd to say that Stefan Diggs is 
in the same ballpark talent-wise as Antonio Brown. I don't think it's absurd to say that. No, I mean, when you look at all the numbers for efficiency when you throw his way and the contested catches, I would not say he's Antonio Brown, and I did not say that. But the way that he can beat man coverage and the, the, the fact that he can win routes at all three levels is very rare. Most guys have one thing or two things that they do exceptionally well. We've seen him be a chameleon and change roles three different times, once under Norv and then the Norv Shermer and then... Last year, moving to the outside more often. I mean, there are very few wide receivers who can do this. Brett still hates your guts. I think that that's what this comes down to. Brett doesn't like you. It's just personal. There are some people that just they they watch all the same games I watch, but they don't seem to believe that Stephon Diggs is that good. And I swear, it's only because they're looking at oh, this guy doesn't have ninety catches; he's got sixty four catches. If if you're just looking at the way to do it, if you're just looking at fantasy (laughs) counting stats, then yes. But his fantasy team didn't get the the jolt that he was hoping Mm. to from Diggs, and so he doesn't like (laughs) Diggs, and thus he doesn't like you when you try and sound smart. And now you can legally gamble on that. The app will be coming sometime in uh, the Mr. Mankato app, late July. Our IT people are grinding away oh, at it. on it right now. Uh, Fine collar, purple podcast, fifteen hundred ESPN and Saturday ten to noon. A pecking order as it pertains to Minnesota sports gambling. When we come back, as fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.